You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What's up, folks? Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, John Hutspeth, and right now, right out the gate, got to get the, uh, the elephant in the room done with. The podcast has kind of been in shambles the last few weeks, and I really apologize for that. Um, last week was the first time in 159 weeks that I did not release an episode, and just... With the holidays, uh, my wife was out of town the weekend before last, and then we went on our anniversary trip this last weekend, and uh, I just I just didn't have time, honestly, you know, trying to get all my work stuff done so that I could leave town, and then getting out of town, and you know, this spring when my family took our vacation, I actually brought my microphone and recorded a episode on vacation, um, but this was supposed to be an, you know, a late anniversary trip for my wife and I, and I just didn't want to do that to her. And so, um, I apologize guys, but I, you know, this time I just had to put my family first. And so no episode last week. I'm sorry about that. Um, and then I know we had some technical difficulties, you know, a few weeks before that we got that sorted out. So from this moment on, we should be good to go. No more interruptions, anything like that. And so right off the bat here, I want to apologize for that. Um, man, this Arctic blast has been crazy. Can't not talk about that. Um, so we, we actually got the Arctic blast twice because my wife and I went up to Idaho. That's, that's where we went on our anniversary trip. And so it hit up there. It was like negative temperatures. Um, one day on the mountain, it was like 50 mile per hour winds, wide out conditions. They were like shutting some lifts down and stuff. It was very crazy. Uh, so we le- we barely, like, they had the road between us and the airport shut down like a day and a half before we were supposed to leave. Um, luckily, it cleared up enough. Uh, so Sunday morning, we wake up, hit the road nice and early. Roads aren't terrible, but I wouldn't say they were great either. Um, it took us an extra hour to get to the airport that morning uh, just because I had to go so slow because of the road conditions. 
And then, of course, we fly home and get home just in time to, you know, have all the Arctic conditions again. And we actually, it was like 9.30, I think, by the time we got home Sunday night. And in uh, our house, it was like completely frozen up. Um, we had the heater running and everything, but obviously we hadn't been home, so we didn't have any faucets going. Uh, both showers were frozen. Both toilets were frozen. Kitchen sink was frozen. Basically, the only thing that wasn't frozen was the uh, the bathroom sinks. I don't know how they survived, but they did. And so, in order for like two days, in order to flush the toilet, we had to like fill a jug and pour it into the back of the bowl to have enough water to flush the toilet. I mean, luckily we could flush them. It just you know took some extra effort. Um, but by the time we'd gotten home, luckily I'd bought a a space heater kind of in preparation before we left. So got the space heater. Uh, fired up and uh, and eventually got one shower thawed out and one toilet and then uh, by today pretty much I think yeah as, today's Wednesday I think we have everything thawed out as of now and you know we're able to run the water at night and everything keep everything open so it's been pretty crazy um, and I know people further north have it a lot worse than we do um, I know I saw some pictures from like the Panhandle region and it it just looks really really nasty up there so uh yeah my thoughts and prayers go out to you guys um if you're listening outside of oklahoma anywhere further north i really feel bad for you Uh, my sister lives in nebraska they had some crazy temperatures uh the snow actually got so deep on their house that it was uh it, it covered the vent for their furnace and so my poor brother-in-law was having to go out in the dark, like in the middle of the night, and like shovel snow away from the vent to keep their heat going. Um, yeah, it, it's just been crazy. Uh, one other downside, this actually has to do with hunting and stuff. Um, so I set up a cell camera on one of the ponds that I duck hunt. And last week, it was covered in ducks, like before the front hit. Um, I was just too busy, you know, trying to get ready for our trip. Uh, my wife was out of town over the weekend, so I had my daughter and then, like I said, trying to get ready for work. I just wasn't able to hunt it. Um, and then, you know, when I got home, it was completely frozen over. And so I actually did go hunting, I guess yesterday, Tuesday morning, but I didn't see a duck, hear a duck, shoot a duck, obviously. Um, it was, the pond was completely iced over. I could walk out on it, which was kind of cool, but also a little scary, um, so yeah, just like me and the ducks just can't connect this year. Um, you know, I've 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 had two or three like okay hunts, nothing great. Um, but yeah, I just when they're here, I can't go. When I can't go, they're not here. I don't know what it is, but anyway. So that's what's been going on with me. I am planning to go duck hunting this Saturday as long as things thaw out. I got a few buddies ready to go with me. Um, so yeah, hopefully that works out. Hopefully we can get on some birds. Hopefully the ones that have been hanging around come back once things thaw out. But, uh, honestly, I'm probably going to go either way. Just, it's fun to hang out with the boys and, uh, you never know what's going to happen when things, when things thaw out. So, so yeah, like I said, that's what's been going on with me. Uh, today on this episode, I'm doing kind of a season in review, you know, talk about how the year went and everything. And then one thing that I think is going to be very interesting to people is I'm going to do a little bit of a 2024 preview. And I have some pretty exciting things planned for this year. So uh, hopefully y'all can look forward to that and help me, you know, figure out what I'm going to be doing. Um, So yeah, that's the plan today. Thank you guys for tuning in and we will get into the episode right now. All right, let's jump into the year in review. And I think without a doubt, 
2023 is probably going to go down as one of the weirdest hunting seasons ever for a lot of different reasons. Um, I, I can't explain. I have no explanation as to why this deer season just seemed so odd. Uh, I know it was like way above average hot. We never really had a cold spell, um, but it just seemed like the deer acted differently this year. It just seemed like they weren't as active, and maybe that was because it was hotter. Um, but whether I was, you know, um, like running my feeders or off the feeders, food plots, whatever, uh, overall, like I just had way less deer activity this year. Um, again, I had, I had the food plots, I had the feeders, everything. Um, I don't feel like I over hunted our property or anything like that. Um, I don't know if maybe all the new neighbors were hunting more or what it was, just the a moon thing or what, but, but it, I also feel like I wasn't the only one. Like, I feel like anytime I looked on, you know, hunting forum or Facebook forum or whatever, everybody just seemed to be complaining about the deer activity this year and how it was down. Um, same thing with the ducks. I was just talking about it in, in the intro. Uh, I, from what I understand, you know, I'm no expert, that the the Midwest just never really got like the snow, the, the bad weather and stuff that they normally get. And so the ducks just never found their way all the way down here. Um, I know I, I know a few people and kind of like around the Tulsa area that seem to have you know way better success than I had getting on the birds and I don't know if they just had access to the right spots or if they were just that much closer to the Midwest or what. Um, but down in the Southern part of the state and it seemed like out West too, uh, duck numbers were just way, way down this year. Then, you know, like I said, just in the last two weeks or whatever, it seems like they finally made it down cause we got some of that weather, but then the weather got so bad that it just kept pushing them South. And so they're still just kind of not really around. So that was one thing. Um, you know, I did the episode with my wife about, uh, gosh, it's been probably three weeks ago now. And, and having my daughter be a little bit older also complicated things a lot this year. Um, she just, she's just a lot more to handle. Uh, you know, it's, and so obviously my wife or I, either one have to be home with her at all times, but even when we're home, she's just, you know, she's active now. She's running around, she's getting into things, she's throwing things in the toilet. And so, um, it's just a lot harder on whichever one of us is home with her. And so I felt, I felt bad about being gone. Um, also now, you know, she just kind of has more of a personality and stuff. So I also just missed her, uh, which made that, you know, made it more difficult. Um, so, you know, you throw that on top of the not as good conditions. And again, it just kind of turned into an odd year. Um, now I, I still had some success. Um, not as successful as I wanted to. And we'll get into that in just a second. Um, but overall, like I said, I think 2023 will just kind of go down in history as one of the weirdest hunting seasons that I've ever experienced. So, uh, let's go back to the beginning just real quick. I'm not going to like take a long time and all this, but I do want just kind of want to back up and, and touch on a few things. So, uh, man, let's go back to this spring turkey season. Um, you know, I made the trip up to Nebraska during the archery turkey season was a blast. Um, found tons of birds. Getting it done with a bow is really, really hard, especially when you're when you're in unfamiliar territory. I uh, had the one super close call where a, a turkey came in to like five or ten yards. Um, he was hanging up on the creek. He finally flew across, came up behind me instead of in front of me. Never got a shot, um, but that was a really cool experience. Definitely planning to go back this year. 
Uh, definitely plan to go during shotgun season and not archery season. Uh, my sister also, my, my sister actually really likes turkey hunting. And so I'd like to go when she can hunt uh, as well. And so, so yeah, came back home. Uh, I did the hunt with the Oklahoma Outdoor Outreach Foundation. That was my first hunt with them. And uh, was able to watch a young man uh, kill his first turkey, which was unbelievable. I, I posted that video on Instagram, just his excitement. Uh, his mom was in the blind with him. She was freaking out, too. So that was really, really cool. Um, and then I went out to my buddy's place in West Texas, was able to kill a bird out there. One of the coolest turkey hunting mornings of my life. Like, before, you know, it was getting light. Had gobblers gobbling all around me as soon as the sun came up. I had one come right in. Uh, he came in, I think I killed him at like 17 yards, something like that. Um, it, was, it was almost too easy. Like it, it was that cool. He had a, a pretty decent beard on him and everything. So that was really cool. Um, and then this summer, this summer I felt like I wasn't, uh, wasn't super active hunting wise. Uh, I got to you know make a few trips up there to, to work on my food plots, uh, fill some feeders, got that stuff. One thing that was nice about this off season was I really put in the time, last year to kind of get all my set setups fine-tuned you know like i got my my feeders fenced and uh my blinds set tree stands hung and all that good stuff so um this year was basically just a little bit of maintenance as far as that stuff goes you know changing out straps um checking batteries and motors and stuff like that and so it really freed me up to do more beneficial like habitat work um, you know, I've talked about it before, going back to the whole weird weather thing and weird season. I ended up not getting to burn this year cause it was just, I just couldn't get the conditions right. Um, but I still did some, some nice clearing and dozing and stuff like that. Um, I planted my first ever spring plots that were pretty dang successful until it just completely dried up this summer. Um, you know, I, I had like, uh, yeah, the buck, the, the first buck that I killed with my bow, you know, I have no history with him as far as I know. He was with another buck um, that I had no history with. He's going to be a good one this year if he comes back. I have not seen him since, like, October, um, but that's not that unusual around here. So, um, so yeah, I, just, I feel like all the work I did paid off. That was kind of the point of that. Um, and then also just, you know, the 2% buck, he kind of completely changed his deal. We'll get into that later, but I, I feel like my habitat work – kind of played a role in that and threw him off his game a little bit in a good way and I was able to harvest him so so yeah like I said summer kind of just your average you know habitat work type stuff and then coming into this fall I had I had some high hopes you know I I had several podcasts about it this was supposed to be the year of the whitetail um, I hunted four states uh, Nebraska Iowa Texas and Oklahoma um, of those, I only killed a buck in Oklahoma, killed two bucks here. Um, but man, my Nebraska trip was, it was pretty awesome. And, um, I just, I know, know I talked about it in the past, but it, I just had a really hard time finding a buck that I really wanted to shoot. Like I was getting on deer and I was figuring the, the deer out. I was figuring the place out. It was a lot of fun. Like I felt like I was really really hunting you know because i didn't have any feeders or or setups or trail cameras or whatever like i was just i was observing looking for sign moving on that sign and you know the last well, i think it was the second to last day um ended up having that really cool encounter with that full velvet 10 point that came out at like four yards um and i i learned like you have to be not just close to water but on water if you're going to be successful uh so that trip was a lot of fun 
came back home to Oklahoma, um, had, you know, Stone. He was just coming in like clockwork. I uh, wasn't able to, uh, I was able to hunt uh, opening weekend, but the weather wasn't right, so I chose not to. Turned out to be a great choice. I killed him, uh, I think it was like a Thursday or something like that, October 5th. Um, so that was really cool. Um, he's my biggest buck with my bow. Uh, he, what did he end up scoring? I'm sure I told you guys on the episode. <laughs> I lost my, lost my mind right now, but just a nice, beautiful, uh, 10 point, um, great buck. And then, and then it was full on hunt for the 2% buck. And that, that, you know, October 5th to 10th, that's when I saw the big shift. Basically when deer should have been shifting like from their summer habitat to their fall habitat, that's when the the things just got weird, and it just seemed like there weren't as many deer around this year. Um, not as many nice deer as usual, but honestly, just not as many deer in total. Um, started getting pictures of the the 2% buck, and I had some over the summer and everything. And then what really kind of, I think, kind of did him in was when he made his shift and went to the cemetery pasture where I have years and years and years of pictures of him. Um, it just so happened that my brother had put, uh, cows in that pasture like two days before we made a shift and he did not like those cows and he came right back into the back, um, where I do most of my hunting and done most of my habitat work and he just stayed there. He never went to his traditional range. Um, I, I don't know if he was living on me or the other neighbor. I, I'm not sure. Like he was very sporadic on cameras um, I, I got him, I got most pictures of him on a camera where I didn't have a feeder. It was just on this nice little trail. Um, that's where I got the most pictures of him. And then obviously he started showing up on my hog feeder, uh, around Thanksgiving. Uh, ended up getting a, a shot at him the, I think it was the Friday after Thanksgiving and just made my wildest dreams come true because, oh man, I just have so much history with that deer. And, and like I said, he had shrank, um, you know, great deer, obviously a nice, nice buck. I'm definitely not complaining, uh, but he definitely wasn't in his prime. Uh, but like I said, what really did it for me was just the history and how much time and effort I had put into that deer. So to seal that deal and close that chapter was just super, super cool. So, um, oh, I forgot about Iowa. Uh, yes, I also went to go hunt Iowa in between there, between those two bucks. And, uh, man, again, learned a lot. Um, it was frustrating. I, I saw so many deer. I felt like I was in good position. I felt like I was doing what I needed to be doing. I had countless number of bucks and does in bow, like not just sightings, but the in bow range. Like I was, I was figuring these deer out. I was outsmarting them. Uh, I just couldn't find the big boys. And just like how I'm kind of complaining here, how things seemed off this year, everybody I talked to up there were say, was saying the same thing. They're like, yeah, the big boys just aren't out. Like, it should be prime crazy rut right now. And, like, nobody was really seeing any rutting activity. I saw very little. I saw a little bit. Um, you know, I, I rattled in a, a couple bucks, um, grunted in, I think, one buck. But just nothing like you would expect when you're in Iowa in early November, like just not even close. And again, like I said, the guy I was up there, uh, staying with and hunting around, you know, hunting his property, 
Um, you know, he was talking to his neighbors. He was hunting himself with his son. And just like I said, everybody I talked to just said it was weird. Um, great experience. Um, I'm definitely going to start building up those points to go back. I was hoping to, uh, you know, get back up there for late season, but wasn't able to get it done. Um, but I, again, like I said, I'm going to be building those points up and hopefully sometime in the next, you know, five to seven years, I'll get to, to get back up there and try again. Um, but just a really, really, really cool trip. So, um, yeah, so got back from Iowa killed the two percent buck that just about did it for my deer hunting honestly um i took my niece a couple times Uh, i went with a buddy in texas one more time uh trying to get some does um even even trying to kill a doe was hard like we just they were either active at night or just not there at all um and I, i don't know if i got to hunt with my bow again this year like i said i took my niece a couple times i may have sat once or twice but they're just there just weren't any deer to be had um story this year so so that kind of ended my deer season uh i've been talking a lot about my duck season i think i've been i've probably been like five times um had two or three decent hunts um i've had two where i just struck out completely uh, hunts where i just kind of tried it just because um duck season is not over and i am definitely going to be hitting it hard um i got uh what probably Trying to do math in my head here, like 14 days, about two, two and a half weeks of, of duck season left. So definitely going to be hitting that hard. Um, I got hogs coming out the wazoo, and so I'm definitely getting geared up for that, planning to do some hog hunting. I really need to kill some coyotes. I've been saying that for two or three years now. Um, you know, we did our one big hunt last year, but the weather was just really crappy. I think we ended up killing four or five um but that's just not enough like i have so many on my trail cameras that it's ridiculous um so yeah but that's we're kind of shifting into uh 2024 here and so again quick sum up of 2023 it was just a weird year um still very successful like it's hard for me to complain about killing two nice bucks uh but when i had you know four or five like six buck tags in my pocket uh you know two just doesn't seem quite as cool so again I, I feel bad like i'm not complaining at all had another great season here in oklahoma um i just gotta really buckle down keep going and and get on this out of state thing because i i should have been more successful that's what i'm getting at like there's no reason i couldn't have killed three or four bucks this year instead of just the two and so that's kind of one of the goals coming in 2024 so so yeah all right hard shift coming into 2024 um i told you guys kind of said it all year long 2023 was the year of the whitetail i had all those different states and tags and iowa tag and all that um so that was my big focus in 2023 2024 i'm shifting gears a little bit and i don't think i've talked about this on the podcast yet but my plan is to make 2024 the year of the mule deer. Um, I actually, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't announced this, uh, I booked my first ever fully guided hunt, and it is a mule deer hunt in South Texas. Um, super stoked for it. Uh, I've, I've never killed a mule deer. I've hunted them a decent amount in Idaho. Uh, I went one time to New Mexico um i've never really tried here in oklahoma just i live so far away from them but that is going to change this year and i've talked about trying to get up to the oklahoma panhandle for like three years to get after a mule deer but this year i am determined 
to make it happen. Um, not sure if I'm going to try to get on some private land or just do the public thing. Uh, but my my goal this year is to do at least one hunt for an Oklahoma mule deer, some way, somehow. Uh, like I mentioned, I'll also be hunting South Texas on the guided hunt, and I'm potentially thinking about throwing in one more state. Um, I have a bunch of points in Colorado. My buddy Jasper that I did the elk hunt with last year, we've been tossing that around, but unfortunately that season is super close to when I'm doing my Texas hunt. And so I, I don't want to do that to my wife where I'm, you know, gone to Colorado for a week, come home for like four days and then leave, you know, for South Texas for a couple days. Um, so I don't think Colorado is going to work out. Uh, I, you know, have a lifetime hunting license in Idaho and, and that's where my buddy Jasper lives. And so I thought about maybe doing an over-the-counter hunt up there in Idaho. Uh, and then I actually I have, you know, two points in Kansas, which I really want to save for whitetail. Um, but if I draw that tag, I can then put in for mule deer to hunt mule, mule deer in Kansas. But like I said, I, I really I think I want to do a whitetail hunt with that. Um, and then Nebraska is also an option, you know, like where my sister lives, there's no, you know, mule deer, but I'm kind of familiar with that tag system and everything now. And so, you know, maybe there's a chance I could go out to Western Nebraska. Um, obviously not all of these are going to happen. Like I'm not going to go hunt five different States, you know, out of, out of state trips for, for mule deer. Uh, but my goal is to do at least two of them. So, Oklahoma being one, Texas being one, and then if I could do, you know, throw in like a a trip to Idaho or something like that, that would be pretty sweet. So that is like super, super high on the list. Um, You know, this year Oklahoma Bear was pretty high on my list, but then when Stone was showing up in daylight, like when when I had a nice whitetail buck showing up, you know, opening day, that just kind of killed the the bear hunting vibe for me. Like I, I just trying to go kill a Oklahoma public land black bear would be awesome. But when I have this buck coming in, like, you know, it's, it's just hard to choose between the two and, and I'm going to take that, that white tail. So, um, love to do that. Uh, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, first off, let's back up to this coming spring. Uh, definitely wanting to go back to Nebraska. I mentioned that, uh, probably going to hunt my buddy's place in, in West Texas, um, for, for turkeys. And then I may use turkey season as an excuse to get up to the panhandle and, you know, do some turkey hunting slash scouting for mule deer. Um, so that'd be two or three turkey hunts. Um, I talked about the mule deer already. Uh, talked about bear. I'd, I'd love to do bear. It, again, it's just, it's tough when, you know, it, it doesn't come with the, the lifetime license. So you got to buy that extra tag, which isn't super expensive. Um, but then just having a place to go like that's, that's, I just, I just feel like I'm kind of throwing a money way to, to buy that tag and maybe get to go tramps around public land for like a weekend with a very, very low chance of success. Um, so yeah, that, that's something I really need to work on if, if I'm going to do it right. So I talked about turkey hunting, talked about mule deer hunting. Obviously, I'm going to be hunting some whitetails as well. And one thing that really just kind of hit me like as I started this podcast is this is the first year in gosh, I don't know, six years that I'm going into the season not thinking about the 2% buck. He's, he's gone. I got him. He's done. And so, you know, what's coming next? Honestly, I don't know. Um, 
you know, the buck that was with Stone, I, I call him Slingshot, had the big split G2. He was here all summer. He was showing up. He, you know, was right there next to Stone when I killed him. He was bigger than Stone, but I thought he was a little younger, so I, I passed him. And, like, he, he's the deer that I have in my mind. That being said, I have not seen that deer since October. Um, so I don't know if a neighbor got him. I don't know if he just shifted. Um, you know, I, I think if he's still alive, I'll hopefully get a picture of him soon, you know, in the next few weeks, uh, before he sheds. Um, but if not, I don't know. I'll just have to wait and see this summer, see if he comes back. Um, there was one decent 10 that came, uh, in the cemetery quite a bit this year. He looked old as the hills. Um, and so he looked like he was already on the decline and so he, I mean, like he'd be a cool buck to, to shoot, but I don't think he's going to be like a, a trophy, if, if that makes sense. Um, and then other than that, I don't know, like I had some really cool, you know, decent, big eight points this year. Uh, but just like I said, I, I'm so used to having the 2%, but like that big, nice, typical 10 point uh, to keep me up at night and, and to focus on while I do all my habitat work. It's just going to be a little interesting this summer not having that anymore um so and you know i'm not going to work any less i'm not going to put any less effort into it um you know one interesting thing about this property is it just seems like every year a new one or two mature bucks just show up um you know stone no pictures of him slingshot i I don't think i had pictures of him before you know he at least didn't have his big split um, that 10 point, I don't know if I had pictures of him in the past, but I definitely didn't recognize him. Um, so that's one kind of cool thing about this property is you really never know what's going to show up. Um, the big eight point that showed up late in the year that I tried to get my niece on and, and my buddy, uh, Charles on, uh, he's still out there. Uh, he's the buck that I saw, I think maybe just two or three days before I killed the 2% buck that I was very, very tempted at. Um, but he was, uh, across the fence on the, on the neighbor. So obviously I didn't shoot him. Um, so yeah, like there's, there's still some hope out there. It's just different. It's going to be different this year, but, um, you know, even if I make it up to the panhandle and do some mule deer hunting, you know, I can only kill one uh, mule deer. And so I'm obviously going to have at least one tag back at home. And so definitely, as always, of course, looking forward to that. Uh, I really want to do some more hunting at my buddy's place in Texas also. Uh, I only made it out there one day. It's the least I've ever hunted out there. Uh, just, you know, with the Iowa trip and, and everything else and family and holidays and stuff, I only made it out there one time. It was actually the day before I went on that Iowa trip. And so definitely, definitely want to get out there some more. And it, it's just a cool spot. Like he, there's, there's usually not monsters out there, uh, but there's just so many deer. Uh, you know, I think the, I sat twice and I want to say I saw around 20 deer, something like that. Um, it's also, you know, that one decent eight, some younger bucks. Um, but it's also the type of place where you just never know what's going to step out. Um, I think he's taken two six by sixes off that place, uh, whitetails, um, and, and, you know, some good tens. I killed a good 10 there two or three years ago. Um, so definitely, definitely want to do a little bit more hunting out there. And it's just fun to, you know, see my buddies and get to hang out with him and everything. So, um, so yeah, definitely, obviously going to be chasing some more whitetails. I need to get back in the elk woods at some point. It's been, well, I guess my Colorado hunt. I don't know if that counts or not when, you know, the whole truck getting stolen thing. Um, but it's just, uh, 
tags are getting a little harder to get. Um, getting you know some people to get their schedules together because that's you know not something I really want to do by myself. Uh, I just I enjoy the the group aspect of it. Um, and so just kind of getting that all put together, it just takes a lot of pre-planning. Uh, you know, especially, you know, we usually go to Idaho, but they, they move their tags back to like December 1st or something is when they go on sale and they're basically selling out like that day. And so, you know, in order to go on like a September, uh, elk hunt, you basically have to have it planned by the previous September so you can get in there and get your tags and everything. And, uh, so yeah, my, my wife actually asked me just a couple of days ago, she's like, when are you going elk hunting again? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know. So um, I need to I need to try to put in for New Mexico. That's something that I just I, I haven't taken advantage of. One thing that's always kind of turned me off about New Mexico is that they don't have a point system. Um, and so just the chances of drawing are kind of low. But at the same time, like that can also work for you because you never know. Like the first time you put in for it, you could possibly draw. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe I need to get a couple of my buddies together and just and just put in for the New Mexico draw and see what happens. Um, uh, man, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, I, I really want to do an Axis hunt. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a 2024 thing or, or later. Um, you know, with me already doing the the mule deer hunt. But uh, Axis are way high on the list. Um, my, oh, I, I hated it. I, I wouldn't say I hated it. It was awesome. But uh, uh, my buddy Charles that has been on here uh, two or three times this year, uh, he was going on a crane hunt, and he actually called me last week and, and said they had an opening if I wanted to come. But it was when my wife and I were going on our anniversary trip, and so I had to turn him down, which you know it's hard to say. Uh, you know, again, hard to be disappointed when I'm going on a vacation. Uh, but that would have been really cool. And they had a heck of a time. I think they, uh, did crane hunting one day and goose hunting the next and both hunts. They did pretty dang good. So doing something like that would be awesome. Um, yeah, I just, as you guys know, I'm a big time dreamer. It, it never at all works out for me. Uh, but I love dreaming it up. Um, but yeah, like I said, kind of on the books, Definitely want to go to Nebraska for sure for turkey. Um, I want to go to, or I am doing the South Texas mule deer hunt. Obviously hunting whitetails in Oklahoma. Really want to hunt mule deer in at least Oklahoma. Um, you know, all the regular duck hunting, that type of thing. One thing, I, I just realized this when I was talking about the turkey hunt. One thing that I got to decide soon is if I want to go back to Nebraska this year to deer hunt. Um, I hate to not take advantage of that opportunity, but just kind of what, from what I saw this year, it just seemed like where, you know, my sister lives and that land that I have to hunt, it just seems like they're really kind of hurting right now. Like their deer population is hurting. Um, you know, I think they definitely had some CWD the last two years. Um, you know, they're having an incredibly hard, winter right now so hopefully you know the deer are surviving um but I, I gotta i gotta figure out if i think it's worth you know using my vacation time and the money to go deer hunt there or maybe saving that for like i said going to uh you know the panhandle to hunt mule deer in oklahoma or something like that so um that's something i still gotta figure out but but yeah um I feel like I've covered it all pretty dang good. So, uh, probably just going to go ahead and bow out now. Um, but like I said, 2023 will always be one of the oddest 
hunting seasons ever. I know there are still a lot of good deer killed. I know a lot of people, um, you know, have found some success. Um, so yeah, nothing, nothing to complain about for sure. And 2024 is looking to shape up pretty dang awesome. So I hope you guys, uh, enjoyed this podcast. I hope you guys are looking forward to 2024 as well. Um, get out there and do something different. That's, that's kind of how I want to end this. You know, like I said, if you're, if you're from Eastern Oklahoma, go to Western Oklahoma. If you're from Western Oklahoma, go to Eastern Oklahoma. If you can get out of state, even better. But there's just so much adventure. Like that's that's part of the reason I do this podcast. Like there are so many options out there that are doable and are affordable. You just got to get out there, jump out your door and do them. So that seems like a good way to end the podcast. Get out there, get ex- get outside. Um, I hope you had a great 2023. Looking forward to 2024. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. And until next week, I will see y'all right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. <laughs>